at first you you might think you know or you might see as you know as the article explains there there's initial early years a sort of connection between earth first and the racist right because they're all concerned about migration they're all concerned about human fueled or population fueled ecological degradation right um you know, there's someone. There's even a uh, a line here where where, uh, where they write that they leaned into an image of be a guzzling rednecks. You know, as and and espouse these rougher tactics and these aesthetic signifiers that, um, you know, made sense for them, but repulsed Tantin and started to drive wedges in between. You know, Tantin, remember, he's an ophthalmologist, right? He's a family man. He's, he runs the Audubon Society, you know. He's he he prides himself on his town's great books club, right? Um, so here he wants to save the American wilderness, Gabriel by reducing immigration. Earth first, instead focused on opposing extractive projects through direct action, right? But still, what they would talk about overpopulation. Um, and here we start to see the eco nativism pop up in both camps. Uh, one that is friendly to eugenicists, to oil tycoons, who are interested in legitimizing and pushing and proliferating this perspective that extractive projects might be part of the problem, but they're not the real driver, right? The real driver is the dirty hordes that are at your borders, right? I mean, this is the shit they were putting in Atlantic Monthly in the 90s. This is the shit that they were pumping out. From the 60s to the 90s in most of these books and their screeds about the population bomb or the neo-Malthusian traps that we were supposed to you know, run into, right? Or the tragedy of the commons and so on and so forth, right? This idea that we, you know, which, we were right We should say as well, the whole, the uh, Garrett Hardin, who created the whole yes. idea of the tragedy of the commons, was himself a, a, a high, a extreme racist. Yeah, yes. Like, yeah. Like that whole idea that underpins so much of the um, academic and policy work on like sustainability and environmental conservation. It like it was all designed as uh, a way to say that private markets are the only thing that can save us. And then Garrett Hardin also then created later a lesser known but still influential thought experiment called uh, called lifeboat ethics, which is about which people should be allowed on the lifeboat uh, of Earth, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, underlying all of this is like. You, you don't have to scratch far beneath the surface to find um, extremely right-wing uh, uh, racist beliefs here that like, one, it's all libertarian capital and markets are the only thing that can save us. And two, the us that needs saving is only a very specific group of us that uh, share the same, same phenotypes. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is such an old strain idea i mean Hardin even himself right he you know like one of the core elements of his tragedy of the commons piece is also this idea that or this attempt and this move that i think a lot of the reactionaries in the years that follow try to make where they're like well you know look we don't want to hear about preventing people from breeding you know uh, which also they love to call people breeders and, and say they're breeding, but we don't want to talk. We, we might cringe at the idea that we're infringing on someone's liberty by saying you can't breed, right? But the real infringement is, is done by those breeders because every time that they have a new um, non-white child, um, that child introduces a new enclosure of the commons 
that infringes everybody else's rights because it diminishes the amount that they can pull from the commons. It diminishes their ability to flourish and thrive as a human being. And so the only way we can preserve this thing that we have, the consumption that we enjoy, the liberties that we enjoy, the lifestyle that we enjoy, is if we use science to figure out what the maximum number of individuals we have that are possible to enjoy the maximum number number of, of rights, right? Or, you know, another way to say it is, what's the maximum number of individuals that would consume in a way which would infringe on the minimum n- number of uh, people's rights, or the minimum amount of rights, right? And, um, and along that logic as well, if we can o- if we find that maximum number of people, and that's a hard maximum, which means we can only have a finite number of people, shouldn't we then, instead of breeding breeding more people, we should breed better people you know we should make the people who are included in that maximum number of people the best they possibly can you know by like intentionally choosing and engineering specific traits that we deem as good and and high quality um and then and then you end up with a small uh small quantity but high quality amount of people you know and also uh, i have a lot of ideas if you look at this manifesto about what counts as high quality people and who counts yeah. as low quality people mhm mhm yeah and 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 so from here i mean it's just like this sort of racism never really goes away it kind of stays and it kind of uh, pops up in different ways it pops up in you know tantin uh insisting and building out a pretty robust network for insisting that migrants are the problem. And it emerges also from the fact that the left environmentalists decided to work with these eugenesis in the early days um, uh, when they were doing their direct actions and say, okay, maybe there is something to this population control shit. Right. And so that, so that sort of racism springs down and pops up again and again in left and right environmentalisms. And even when you have, Critics from the left, you know, uh, namely Murray Bookchin, right? You know, you have him saying this nonsense, this is eco brutalism, you know? Uh, he writes that it's, quote, barely disguised racist, survivalist, macho Daniel Boons, and outright social reactionaries um, that are behind this cause. And at the same time, you know, Earth First, which has made the common cause with the, with the eugenicists and the reactionaries, starts to get targeted because it's destroying shit. It's destroying shit that people pay money for, right? And so law enforcement it starts keeping tabs on and eventually infiltrating uh, the organization and uh, trade groups as well start to f- try to keep tabs on the group as well, right? Here you have people screaming that acts of eco-sabotage are eco-terrorism, right? Um, you, you have uh, a Reason article in 1983 by Ron Arnold, who you know goes on to head this libertarian think tank, the Center for Defense of Free Enterprise, who claimed to have created that uh, that 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 term, right? And so you start to see, okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're doing eco sabotage, if you're destroying, you know, shinies, if you're destroying productive facilities, if you're destroying property, if you're destroying resorts, if you're destroying personal vehicles, you know, you're doing terrorism, even if you think that is in the name of the environment. And this allows for police to then start targeting the group with a new framework in mind. So you might be doing protests where you're blocking roads. You might be still doing the spiking and the chaining to construction. Uh, you might be blowing things up one way or another. But you're now you have sites. You now you have the state 
putting you in its sights, escalating the tools that it's going to use because it has this framework of eco-terrorism behind it. It doesn't help also that as you start to have this resistance, well, I shouldn't say it doesn't help. As you have this kind of debate about what to call it, what it's doing, what's its viability, you have other uh, factions and fragments of the movement going on into more radical directions. Uh, The ALF in 1987, uh, sneaking into a construction site in UC Davis, burning it down to the ground uh, in a fire that they said uh, Gabby Wrights was, quote, to retaliate in the name of thousands of animals tortured each year in campus labs, um, gets labeled as terrorism, right? And you know, later on, another group of activists who are supposed to be affiliated with Earth First, you know, cut the bolts of a chairlift at an Arizona ski lo- uh, ski resort. Next year, they come back again. They destroy poles that support power lines for Arizona mines. And then later on, activists are arrested when trying to damage power lines at a pump station in Salome, Arizona. Right. A third. This is a fun little detail. A third fled the scene, and a fourth was revealed to be an FBI agent who infiltrated Earth First a year later. Huh. That's funny. And so you see that, you know, you, you see this constant escalation. You see the targeting of uh, targeting of the activists, the infiltration by the FBI, which also leads to more escalation because the tactic of the FBI when it infiltrates a group is to get the group to do demonstrably violent acts. You know, and property damage is not violence, but to get them to do violent acts, right? Um, and here you have Foreman, you know, one of the guys who's just kind of, a, you know, intellectual founder and organizer of the group um, is arrested shortly after, accused of funding the Splinter Group that was destroying property at this ski resort, pleads guilty uh, because he distributed a book called Eco Defensive Field Guide to Monkey Wrenching. and you know, then starts to sit as an example of, okay, look, like the state is coming down. It has tools not to attack us. Um, it has a framework in which to understand it as a, as terrorism, and it's going to use it that way, and it's going to come after people who distribute literature, who fund it, who do legal things or n- illegal things uh, as part of a way to um, to distill, uh, to, you know, stifle dissent. But nonetheless, even though that you know moment kind of offers a little bit of a truce, Foreman leaves the group uh, entirely, right? And he says that, uh, you know, quote, in a letter published by Earth First Journal, Foreman explained that he disagreed with young Earth Firsters, overtly counterculture, anti-establishment style of activism, and their abandonment of eco-sabotage in favor of civil disobedience. Worst of all, he wrote in the same announcement, some chapters had attempted to transform an ecological group into a leftist group, right? So remember that, right? You know, this is a guy who, you know, didn't really ever see what he was doing as leftist, sat at the core of one of the kind of main direct action groups, helped connect it and network it to the racists and the eugenicists, uh, and also came out of a movement that was also trying to triangulate oil people, oil men and extractive projects into financing a movement that was racist and maybe or maybe not did property damage, but also had it as an at its ideological core an obsession with negative population growth or with categorization of people into uh, groups that would do more or less ecological degradation. All of this happening at the same time of a ratcheting up of state repression of the movement and the state repression pulling at the leftist elements, right? 
because the more, the more identifiably leftist elements, even if they might not have considered themselves that, the more identifiably leftist ones, so the more precursor, the precursors to the leftist elements who are doing the eco-sabotage get arrested and thrown into jail and face this uh, federal crackdown, whereas the, the racists sit in the shadows and eventually um, escape this initial wave of repression and have built up a network to push out the racism and now are festering it as Tanton does when he takes over Sierra club in, in the eighties um, and then spread this racism and this reactionary uh, viewpoint far and wide to the point that it ends up being fodder for uh, the white supremacists and nationalists who start to attack more and more and do these like, you know, lone wolf attacks, killing as many black and brown people as possible. And that that's the new violence that really starts to accelerate the demand for uh, laws crushing this sort of um, activity, but also then giving the state new tools to then target at the same time a resurgence of leftist direct action, similar to the previous period, right? Leftist direct action targeting and focusing on eco-sabotage instead of uh, genocide and specific acts of, uh, you know, racist terror. (laughs) 